Jack Stuss Homestuck is a self-indulgent podcast featuring a heart player encouraging you to be self-indulgent too. Welcome home. Jackson's Homestuck, and uh, today is the Gamzy and Friska episode of Pastor Quest. As you can see, this is on a Wednesday, so it's not my usual Saturday episode. This is partially to get caught up and partially just because this is my break month and I don't want to overwhelm myself, so Pastor Quest episodes will be main episodes for this month. We will see how things go. So Gamzy's route, which I'm doing first because... So what's kind of weird is so far all the Pester Quest routes that have been two routes apiece have been very clearly like you do John's route and then you do Rose's route because what happens in John's route ties in. Like it's not super big spoilers or anything, but there are mention, mentions to John's route and Rose's route and there are mentions to you knowing Carcat in Kanaya's route. And in this one, I forget if it's in Gamsey's route or in Vriska's route, but it's like, I don't know, whichever one you chose first. And I'm like, I get that we can technically choose a different route first, but like, based on previous things, it's now assumed that we're doing the one on the left and then the one on the right, like they're still in order there. So I don't know if I'm just thinking too much into things or what, or they're just acknowledging that, yeah, you t can technically go in a different order then this one didn't really tie in too much together. Like in Vriska's route, there's no mention of you you meeting Gamzy. So, um, or really you meeting any of the other trolls, I don't think. So I don't know. Maybe these are just, or at least Vriska's is kind of removed from time because um, Gamzy's obviously, um, you get a mention of other routes. So, um, so Gamzy, I will say I'm not a Gamzy stan. I don't care that much about Gamzee. Personally, I'm not heavily invested in what happens to Gamzee. I just want things to be good for the fans of the character. And from what I hear from the fans of the character, they weren't super happy with Gamzee's direction. And I definitely respect that. It's just I'm not in their shoes, so I can't, like, look at it from that lens. I can only do what I personally found about the route. My initial impression was, yeah, it's a pretty good route. Like, no complaints. Again, I don't know much about Gamzee. I don't think a whole lot about Gamzee, so maybe that's where that's coming from. I thought it was neat that it confirmed that, yeah, it was you that Gamzee was talking to when you and uh, Carcat appeared in Gamzee's house. And that um, I really liked the whole you fucked up and created a paradox end where you go open the closet door instead of Gamzee. Shit like that is half the fun of Friends of Impastor Quest, right? And yeah, I, uh, I'm i trying to think of some of my other thoughts. I I know that the Gamzee fans weren't, a f weren't really fond of the murder ending. I personally liked it. Just because of what we know of Gamzee from the comic itself, not even including the epilogues, 
I think the epilogues kind of paints a different picture of him, but um, from the, the comic itself, like, I like to think that it wasn't just him being off the pies. I like to think that him being off the pies let him open, uh, like, left him open to kind of other influence. And, and not saying that he was manipulated into doing this. I just think maybe he was urged into doing this. I, I, I don't trying to figure out what to say here because I'm not one of those like Gamzee did nothing wrong forever um but I also don't think that base Gamzee necessarily on his own would go out of his way to go murder everyone but I'm no Gamzee scholar um I I did kind of like him when he was just a goofy little stoner boy but he's never been my favorite character. But yeah, I did like the murder route of him going around and killing everyone, even though obviously I love Karkat and Kanaya and don't want them dead. Um, I, I think it was neat. I think that it just lends credence to there's something darker going on with Gamzee, and I think it has to do with influences that can take effect on his mind whenever he's not stoned out of his mind. I think Reese, uh, Raptor Redeem, had a fic for the problematic zine about that kind of touched on this. It's been a bit since I read it, but um, it really reminded me of that. So I think that fic is on AO3. I cannot remember what it was called, but if you look at the problematic zine and you can find uh, Raptor Redeem on there, um, there is a Gamzee fic that I, I, I think kind of goes into it. And I don't know, that's, that's, what this, that's what the murder route kind of reminded me of. As far as the good route, now that I've thought about it, I will say it's kind of disappointing just because what I kind of wanted from all these past request routes is to get kind of a deeper look into the characters that we can't get from the main comic because too much is going on. And I don't think we got any look into Gamzee whatsoever. Like there was like the route wasn't the good end wasn't really about Gamzee. It was like you get high with Gamzee and then you go and you get some meta narrative shit and someone's T posing at you, and that's all really, really cool. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely loved it. It just didn't end with us connecting with Gamzee, except we got high together. And that's it. I just really wish that we'd have been able to explore Gamzee more in his good end rather than his good end mostly just being about meta narrative shit. Overall, I, I think it was a, a pretty okay route, just not, I guess, what I wanted from a pester quest route, if that makes sense. So we're going to go on to Vriska. I hope I don't have to have a warning at the beginning of this one, because Vriska and everything she's in is controversial. Just like any of my other episodes, my opinions are my own. I'm not saying you're wrong for having different opinions than me. They're my opinions. <laughs> Not to be that fucking gif, but, uh, but yeah, that's just, it's what I think if you think differently, if you got something different out of this, good. That's, that's great. Like, it, it's good we all have a varied experience of this and aren't one giant hive mind because that would be crazy. So, with that said, I wasn't a fan of Riska's route. I think my overall impression, the best way for me to summarize it would be to say that was a very good self-indulgent fic. That's what it felt like to me. It felt more like my self-indulgent Dirk fix than it did a proper route. 
And it was good as a self-indulgent fic. Like, we really got those fucking Vriska feels, and that's great. I don't think it worked well as a, a route. And that's just me, again. <laughs> so let's let's get into it. I, I Again, I only play these routes once before I come and talk about it. Actually, I take that back. I usually play it twice um, because I usually play it, and then I record with my friend Dami and play it. But for this one, um, I didn't play it when I got home. I just waited for Dami, and we played it together. <laughs> we stopped at like four in the morning and it was horrible and uh and yeah so this is me playing it once and that's that so forgive me if my memory's a bit off about stuff i'm again i'm not trying to set some hard facts down about this so if i forget something a little bit that's fine the first bad end i have different interpretations of riska so i can i, I can see how uh, she can be interpreted as, like, being sad that someone she just met, like, fucks off instead of playing with her. And that's not a, a way I would have gone with it, but I'm not the ones writing these routes, so who the fuck cares? But, but yeah, so it was fine. Sad Vriska at the end. Sad Vriska feels. It's not something that people explore a whole lot. I don't know. I don't read a lot of Vriska fics. I don't read a lot of fics entirely. I read a lot of Dirk fics. But I think that's just keeping up with my brand. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I don't think people explore sad 13-year-old Vriska quite as much. So I think that was neat. And I really liked the the Easter eggs that get hidden in there with the name you can choose for your character. So we tried out a couple of different names before we settled on Andrew Hussey, which did not have any Easter eggs, but made the rest of the game fantastic because <laughs> we just got randomly referred to as Andrew Hussey. And it was great. So yeah, it was cool that we sucked at playing Flarp, which is kind of real to life for me. I don't know. I've never actually Flarped, but I imagine it would go about the same, <laughs> where I'd have to latch onto someone better than me in order to uh, get anything done and then pass out as soon as shit hits the fan. <laughs> I do kind of agree with people who wish that instead of just there being a random violet blood girl, we would have gotten a hint of Aridin considering that's, for one, it's the ocean, for two, it's Flarp, for three, like, Aridin's very relevant to Vriska, especially at this point in her story. But I get if we didn't want to, like, tip our hand too soon for, for Aridin, and then Vriska does kind of kill everyone, and um, I don't know, maybe she would have let Aridin go. So I, I get it, but I think it would have been neat if that had been Aridin. But I liked seeing Boldier, even if Boldier is just a figment of our imagination. But this is where my issues with some of the writing comes in. Because, okay, so it reminds me of Paper Towns by John Green, which I love John Green as a writer. Not that I've read every single one of his books, but I've read Looking for Alaska, Paper Towns, and The Fault in Our Stars. And, uh, oh, and uh, An Abundant of Catherines. And so Paper Towns, my issue I had with that is it kept beating you over the head every other page with, hey, by the way, don't put people on a pedestal and actually, like, treat them like real people and they're not just some uh, manic pixie dream girl that you can just, like, think is the most perfect thing in the world and, hey, by the way... And it just felt like that was the message over and over and over again. And in this one, we see Boldir and the message there and a little bit later in the route 
over and over and over again is, hey, canon's fake. It doesn't matter. Do what you want. Hey, what's canon? Who cares about canon? What's canon? And I'm like, I get it. I get it. We've been kind of hammering that point in with the epilogues and with how people have been talking about it and with everything else. And I get it. I get it. I don't know, maybe that's more helpful for younger fans or people who aren't as involved with the behind the scenes of like Pester Quest and the epilogues and stuff. Like maybe it's only obvious to me because, you know, I'm, I'm on Homestuck Twitter and so I see these conversations about it. Like if I never joined Homestuck Twitter, like maybe this would be all news to me because I just never got into, I just never got into like conversations about like what writers were saying about about Homestuck. But I feel by this point, if you've been paying attention at all to like the letter uh, Andrew Hussey had or uh, the message behind the epilogues or read anything on Homestuck2.com, I think it's been pretty clear by now that canon's fake and we do what we want. It just felt hammered in. And that's that. <laughs> and then, so after that, we wake up in Vriska's room and we see her feeding kids to her lessus. Which, God, that description. I'm like, yeah, that sure sucks. That's that's pretty, pretty fucking gross, yo. Yeah, so that was kind of some visceral horror that I thought I would be getting used to because I've been listening to the Magnus Archives a lot. And, uh, but man, it still gets you, huh? And it wasn't even like that, that bad. It was still just like, mm, that sure is fucking gross. But, you know, that's, friends Sim and Pester Quest haven't really shied away from that shit. So yeah, and here's where it just felt more like a fan fiction than Vriska's route. And again, this is based on my own interpretations of Vriska and how I understood Vriska from this part of her life pre esperb or Escrub in this part of the comic. She's very vulnerable in this route. And I can see the argument that MSPAR still has some of his friend abilities here and it drags people's vulnerability out of them. And if that's the case, I do kind of get it. I still think it's a little bit over the top. And I just feel like we were just hammered home the bit about, yeah, she's sad and this causes her pain and she doesn't want to feed a bunch of kids to her lesses. And again, maybe that's like legit, but also it, it, it came across to me in the comic that she didn't care as much she wasn't happy with it. She didn't want her spider mom to keep like invading her mind and telling her this shit, which I don't, I think the invade her mind thing was only confirmed in Frisky Business, which is not inherently canon. Frisky Business is fucking great though. And if you guys can read it, read it. It is high key good. And I guess I was expecting more Frisky Business type situation than what we get in Pester Quest, where like a lot of her... I guess vulnerability is more from pain and anger and the fact she's losing a lot of blood. Like that's how you know about some of the deeper shit going on is because she is basically dying or could be dying or basically blood loss and also very angry about shit. Well, in this, there's none of that prompting this. It's just, hey, there's this weird malformed fucking alien here let me be openly sad to them. That's just kind of my take on that. I think it did get way hammered in, just kind of like the whole canon isn't real thing got hammered in with the whole, I don't know, just just towards the end there when Vriska, uh, in the good route, when Vriska is just 
talking about like all of her female relationships and how that all went and uh, kind of explaining her side of things and just this whole like this is a sad girl whose situation sucks and we feel bad for her because she's in a shitty situation and she totally has like legit motives for the things she does and she's just a sad girl she's sad feel sorry for her and to me that's so anti-Friska I just I can't imagine Friska wanting people to pity her except for maybe like if she was using it to be like kind of like whenever she wants Tavros to apologize to her for him being disabled where it's like no you should feel bad for me because you being disabled is so hard on me personally and again, we could say that that MSPAR is bringing out a vulnerability with his magic friend powers. I just wasn't really into it. And to me, it was such a disconnect from what we see of Riska in Kanaya's route. And I also didn't kind of like that thing about kind of blaming Kanaya almost for their relationship about how Kanaya was just so needy and meddlesome and, and not that Kanaya is pure and can do no wrong. Like, yeah, Kanaya maybe did want more from Vriska than what Vriska could give and that could have weighed on Vriska. But like, I don't know. It it just seemed to be like, hey, remember when I was real shitty in that Kanaya route? Here's why. It's actually because I'm sad and not because I'm shitty. Because Vriska's shitty and that's the most important thing to remember about Vriska is like, I love her. I love her as a character. I think she has a lot of good intentions. I think when she's 13 and even at the end of Homestuck, she's still real shitty. And it's good. Like, I love shitty girls. And I, I thought that's what everyone else liked about Vriska too. But again, these are just my takes on Vriska, not like the ultimate takes. <laughs> and then again, we got kind of hammered in the point of Briska did nothing wrong. I think if that would have been able to be said in some comedic way, rather than in a very, very serious moment, it would have went over better. As it was, I didn't really like it. At the same time, I understand MSPAR thinking it because for one, they're not from the timeline in which Briska was super shitty to Kanaya. And I don't think they have the wherewithal to like vaguely remember those timelines yet. They don't know anything that happened in Pester Quest, uh, in the Pester Quest canon that makes Friska out to be shitty. Um, for two, they don't know anything else that happened. Like, they don't know about Vriska mind-controlling Solix to kill his pale girlfriend or, like, any of that shit. Like, they don't know about Vriska blinding to Rezzy. Like, Vriska kind of mentions it, but does this whole, she tried to kill me and I just did this in response. And I'm like... I guess it can be interpreted from Vriska's point of view that Terezi tried to kill her, but all that actually happened in canon was Terezi was like, hey, I gotta do something because Vriska's fucking, like, killing and disabling our friends. So, hey, Scratch, have you been wondering where your cue ball is? And then Scratch blows it up in Vriska's face. But I, I guess I can see where Vriska might have interpreted that as, like, Terezi trying to kill her, and maybe Terezi was trying to do that on some level. But but yeah, so MSPR doesn't know any of that. So if MSPR comes to the conclusion that, like, from what he's seen is the bad thing he's seen Vriska do is feed trolls to her lusses, and then he or, and then they find out that oh she's doing that because if she doesn't, her lusses will eat her and is also in her head constantly. 
yeah, no, she is not in the wrong in this situation, and that's correct. <laughs> hey, hold up. I just remembered a really good Vriska take I had. And by a really good Vriska take, I mean an opinion I quite liked and then forgot about. In regards to the Pester Quest route, and maybe why it felt a bit off to me in comparison to other Pester Quest routes, and maybe a direction I wish it would have gone. So, Dave, we all wanted uh, MSPAR to fucking dunk bro out into the ocean in Dave's route, and that didn't happen because Dave is not at a point where he is thinking critically about his abusive situation. He still thinks bro is the best, or even if he's not the best, then that is just how things should go. He still thinks that this shit is normal because of the way his friends kind of talk about their shitty situations, and he does not like it when you question that, hey, maybe his situation is a bad one, and maybe he's in an abusive situation. That is the bad end when you start questioning that. And I think that's where Vriska still is. Vriska still thinks she has to abide by the rules of Alternia and uh, has to be, like, big and powerful and shit and, like, killing lowbloods is part of being a Cerulean and, like, it sucks. She's in a shitty situation and we see some of her bravado fall whenever she has these conflicted feelings over killing Spider-Mom and bringing her back. But she never outright says that she hates, I don't know, like, maybe I'm misremembering stuff that happens in Homestuck. That is entirely possible. It's a long fucking comic. But I feel at this point, Briska is more on Dave's level about talking about how shitty of a situation she is in. And that's kind of my take, is comparing it to Dave's route and how Dave's route was handled with the abuse. And yes, we all wanted Bro to get dunked in the ocean. We all loved Spider-Mom getting fucking dropped into a volcano. I kind of wanted Briska to have a bad reaction to you killing Spider-Mom because you would have had a horrible reaction to Dave killing, or not killing bro, but like to you um, doing bad shit to bro. And like, those are different situations because bro isn't making Dave kill people or in his head constantly. And I'm not trying to make this one-to-one -one comparison, just that for the point these kids are in their lives, I wish Friska had reacted more like Dave than the kind of vulnerability we see in here that was, again, good for a self-indulgent fic where you really want to dig down and explore some deep feelings Friska might not be admitting to herself, but I don't think it really works for a canon character in a canon route. I just forgot about this. Wish me luck figuring out how to stick this in. <laughs> and because uh, I am I'm doing this while I'm editing the episode because I just fucking remembered it. You're welcome. Another thing uh, besides this seeming kind of fanfic -y to me personally, it also seemed to be directly talking to the person playing the game rather than MSPAR, which I know the games have a habit of kind of doing that. But I feel like it was just kind of extreme in this sense, especially with the whole, I know people call me a bitch. I'm like, SPR doesn't know that. And I don't think Friska would bring it up because I don't know. Again, these are just my Friska interpretations. And maybe I only have this many opinions because Friska is a controversial figure. And so if you're in Homestuck long enough, you either ignore Friska or you collect a lot of opinions about her. But yeah, so that bit in the whole, like, 
writing out a list of things that she actually didn't do wrong or had very good reasons for didn't feel like talking to MSPR. It felt like talking to us. That's why it felt like a self-indulgent fic for me. Because, like, yeah, in my self-indulgent fics, I do talk more to the reader than I'm talking to whoever's in the fic. And really, I talk more to myself than I do to anything else. Like, <laughs> just a bunch of fucking uh, self-flagellation and self-congratulation going on in there. That's fine. Like, it's fun. And you could get some real good fix out of it. That's just my explanation of why I feel like the Vriska route was kind of off. And I feel bad that I've talked so long about Gamzee and especially Vriska when I did like shit for my actual two favorite trolls Saturday. But here we are. This is what happened. Also, I guess I'll mention this. There was trans coding in Vriska's route. I'm saying trans coding because there's been a lot of confusion around it where people are saying, no, this definitely canonized Vriska as trans. Uh, some people even say that it was way too obvious. I don't think it was. There was only real two mentions to it that I noticed. One, whenever she says, don't call me dude, which I guess that's a thing. Um, and then two, whenever she wrote her gender down as F with a bunch of exclamation marks. I don't think that's beating you over the head with it. I think that's just in there. And like beating you over the head with it if would be if uh, Briska came out and was like, by the way, I used to like not look like this and I changed my gender or some shit, which would just be fucking ridiculous. And that's not what happened. I think it was very good clues in there rather than I, I think people were looking for it and expecting it, which is why it felt like being beaten over the head with some people. But I think it was fine. And I, I, I'm saying transcoding because there's just been some confusion around, like, on the one hand, people have been saying, like, I'm not going to tell you what to think about this canon. I just put stuff in here. I'm not going to comment on it. And on the other hand, people are saying, yeah, no, this is canon now. Fuck you if you think otherwise. I hope I managed to positively critique something. If you liked these routes, that's great. I'm happy that you enjoyed them because, like, these routes are for you to enjoy <laughs> and so it's good if you did if you had some problems with them that sucks i'm sorry and unfortunately that just happens whenever they're putting out so much content and especially with these characters where everyone has such controversial opinions about them and they're so contradictory opinions and it's just it's a lot not everyone was going to like these that's how it is with media in general and not specifically homestuck anyway <laughs> I am excited to learn what we are going to have next. I'm making this on Wednesday. I'm not making this on Wednesday. This is going to be out on Wednesday when we should get the announcements for the next, assumedly two characters that are coming out uh, next week. But since it's Sunday, I don't know that because I can't see into the future. I still like Pester Quest. I still look forward to the other characters that are kind of going to come out. Thank you guys for joining me. I will see you guys next week. I haven't quite figured out what I'm doing for next week. It really depends on if I'm my breathing is back up to snuff and I can bust out a read stuck episode or if I'm going to have to corral someone in here to do a lot of talking for me and we'll, we'll do something else. Um, I, I think I mentioned it before, but there's not going to be any problematic fave or fan stuck episodes this month unless something dramatically changes that's the plan for now is it's mostly just going to be me talking unless I can't talk that well and someone else comes in to help me talk. 
Thank you guys again so much for joining me. I will see you with whatever happens next week. This podcast's theme is Dirty Dirt Kinney and was created by Domi, who could be found on SoundCloud as Domino Thief. The art for the podcast was done by Abby, who you can find on Twitter at Space Arby's. Unless it wasn't. Shout out to my patrons, Kansas Just Got Gayer and Jacob King. To become a patron and get episodes up to five days early, along with other benefits, go to patreon.com slash sociallyanxiousdragon and sign up for as little as $1 a month. You can find links to that and more in the episode's description, on the podcast's Twitter, JaxDoesHS, or on JaxDoesHomestuck.com. Please remember to rate this podcast on iTunes and share with your friends. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to be a little selfish. <laughs>